Well, say amen, somebody. I am so excited about this episode. Thank you for joining us for episode three. We are already on episode three. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Yes, welcome to my co-host, Carl. He is in the building virtually. What's going on, y'all? Hey, how you doing, Carl? I am good. I'm good trying to stay hydrated because it's been hot. Listen, like in the 90s, the high 90s too, like this is the kind of weather that make you want to live right. It really is because look, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard how hot hell is. So saints, you know, saints and I, friends, get, get it together. <laughs> you know, being from the South, I, the heat is fine. However, there's a um, different type of heat, though. Yeah, and, I mean, it is. And, you know, I listen, make sure you have your water and, your, you know, your bathe three or four times when it's hot like this, you know. Yeah. And we thank God for the inventor of air conditioning. Amen? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's get into the affirmation. Today's affirmation is you got to know how bomb you are without congratulations, validation, or celebration. And listen, cue Donald Lawrence. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Um, I know it might be hard, but when people aren't liking your social media posts, when people aren't liking your Facebook and your IG posts, you have to know how bomb you are. And that comes from looking yourself in the mirror. So uh, celebrate yourself, validate yourself. And that comes with self-love, self-care, um, meditation and prayer from within. Um, so yeah, um, and, and there's a fine line there with being conceited versus confident. Um, but walk the line um, and know that you are bomb. Everybody is bomb in their own special way. Um, so that's the affirmation of the day. And I know it speaks to me. I had to, I actually posted that one on my social media because, um, yeah, you have to know how bomb you are in every single aspect of your life. Amen. Touche. All I can say is amen to that. So, Carl, what is the word of the day? The word of the day is strength. Strength is the capacity of an object or thing to withstand any great force or pressure. Here's the thing about strength. You never know how strong you are until you have to be strong. Mm. You can withstand anything that comes up against you. The mm. scripture says, it talks about these fiery trials. So with those fiery trials, the Lord is gonna give you that strength that you need. Mm. To withstand anything the adversary can throw your way. Remember, you are strong. Yeah, amen to that. Because listen, the cue uh, Donald Lawrence, strength to make it, strength to take it. So, you're such a church baby. You're such a church baby. <laughs> yeah, like that song, yeah, that's a good one. Um, But yeah, you have to know how strong you are and sometimes that comes in when your back is against the wall i know there's been situations where i didn't think that i could make it through a particular trial or test and i actually did it um with the strength and the help of the lord and it was that small still whisper sometimes he'll speak to you in a small still whisper and i know he spoke to me and said just keep going david just keep going just keep going you can do this you can do this you're anointed to do this you're strong enough to do this you're prepared enough to do this um and that comes with and that gave me the strength that i needed to keep pushing keep pressing on um so anything that you are sitting on a little encouragement um, anything that the Lord has told you to do, 
and you have not did it yet, listen, find the strength, find the strength. Those t- tests and trials, you can absolutely make them through them. We are equipped to make them through them. And don't even get me started on the physical aspect of it because um, in my, I wouldn't say in my former life, but in another life, um, <laughs> Outside of the Say Amen podcast, I am a trainer and fitness instructor. And so I'm always talking to people um, about they have the strength within them to do it. And that's what um, we work towards when we're in class, when we're lifting weights and stuff like that, to get stronger, to prepare us for whatever journey, physical or mental, um, that we're going to be on. Um, one story in the Bible that sticks out to me when it comes to strength is, um, the story when they had to walk around the Jericho walls. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you read that story and if you really pay attention to it and the details behind it, like how they had to line up, what they had to carry with them and the weight they had to physically be prepared for that journey, for that assignment, to walk around those walls every day. You had to be strong to hold the art and walk around them, <laughs> to walk yeah. around them walls um, every day. They were some strong brothers, some strong brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can do it. Um, find the strength within you. And that goes with the affirmation of the day. Like, you know how bomb you are. You know how um, encourage yourself find the strength within amen amen it just takes and and you know strength it reminds me of the whitney houston song i didn't know my own strength as she was literally as she was literally coming out of rehab that was one of the first songs she put out i didn't know my own strength yeah that's a good i mean low-key even though it was nippy singing it you can church that one up because yeah that one can send you in, actually. <laughs> oh, yes. And you, you know, I remember. Remember when she did it on Celebration of Gospel with Kim Burrell? Yes. And they came out, and she she was, I was like, that's when you, I knew, you knew that she had a relationship with God at that moment. But at that moment, she literally was telling the world, I know where my help comes from. I understand right. that this ain't me. I need the help of God and I need the strength of the believers to really help me get through this. I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't know how strong I was until I had to do it. She was in the fight of her life and mm. we were watching it. We were laughing at her and making memes about it, but she honestly was saying she didn't know her own strength until all she had was the strength of God to lean on. Those lyrics are, yeah, really, really good. Like... We gonna we gonna disregard who wrote the lyrics, but the song itself, <laughs> the song oh, itself. <laughs> Speaking it's of which, it. have you seen that? And this is going completely off topic, but we just gonna flow with it. Did you see that meme where every it was a calendar and every month had a picture of an artist, um, and you would have to be like locked in quarantine with this particular artist based on your birth month. Mm-hmm. And mine was R. Kelly. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh-uh. No, sir. Even though he ain't checking for me, he checking for these little girls, but still. Oh, you know. You too young uh-uh. anyway. Yes. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm-mm. Anyway, we went against the writers there. Yeah, that might, we might have to talk about that in another episode because he wrote some great songs. But now that we know the backstory behind some of it. But you know what? It it it, it mm, ties into, sir. it ties into this episode though, when you think about it. That's a mental illness. 
Yes, amen, Corner. We are talking about mental illness today. I'm excited. We got Dr. Reginald Cunningham coming up, but we're going to keep it moving. We're going to get into um, the welcome. Visitors, welcome. Listen, saints, ain'ts, and friends, welcome to the Say Amen podcast. Welcome once, welcome twice, welcome in the name of Jesus Christ, <laughs> as they say in church. <laughs> please, please, please follow us rate us and share us with your personal amen corner um if you can't say amen say ouch but yes join us we are so welcome to have you here in our amen corner of the say amen podcast so now it is our favorite segment it is the amen corner and actually what we're going to do is we're going to do a follow-up from episode two episode two we had for our altar call, we put Kanye West on the altar because he was running for president. Well, here's the follow-up. This fool had a pep rally and said that Harriet Tubman took people out of slavery and put them into another form of slavery. Um, it's fitting for this episode just because we're still talking about mental illness and we all know that Kanye West um, suffers for um, from being bipolar. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, he... I, I, when it happened, I said, you cannot make this stuff up with him. Like, and he said, apparently he said once a year, he stops taking him, taking his meds. Um, and I have issues with that. Listen, baby, pop that pill, please. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, I, what I've discovered in the entertainment industry is a lot of artists are broken. And they use their artistry to mask their pain. We celebrate the artistry, forgetting that they're still human. However, right. I right. also fault sometimes the people connected to these artists because Kanye, ever since his mom passed, has not been right. However, yeah. you are surrounded by a family that loves to be in the spotlight. Somebody's common sense has to kick in and say, you know what? We have to get him some help. Kim, mm. that's your husband. You can do all the criminal justice reform you want. You can do all the covers of magazines. That's your husband. That's the father of your kids. So at the end of the day, somebody has to take the initiative and say, you know what? Enough's enough. Kanye, listen, let's take, somebody has to be the one to say, you know what? Let's step up. Let's get him help. Because he tweeted about it. He went on a Twitter rampage. He did. She was trying to get him help. And he went on the Twitter rant. It's like, nah, it ain't happening. But sometimes somebody has to do it anyway. You know, because sometimes yeah. the person won't get help. And yeah. unless they admit that there is a problem, they're going to think that everybody's against them. They may, sometimes you have to take it by force. They may have to catch him when he's asleep. <laughs> had, had the people come in the van. And, and, and literally, because he needs... Help. A tranquilizer. And, and as long yeah. as he has Straight access jacket. to people, as long as he has access to the media, Kanye's going to be Kanye. Yeah. And I think we understand his personality and we understand the crazy. I hate to use that word, but we understand that. However, I think the people in the industry and even his family, I don't know, I can't say what they're doing behind the scenes, but what I can say is I don't feel like they're doing enough to truly get him the help that he needs because if he continues on that path, it's not going to be good for anybody. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I read 
um, that is real funny how he has these crazy, I don't want to use it crazy. Um, don't want to use the word crazy. He has these episodes mm-hmm. when it's time for an album to drop. So mm-hmm. do you think he utilizes that as a way to get his name out there? Like, hello, we're here talking about it on not one, but two podcasts. Um, he uses that as a, a vehicle to get his name, get the buzz, um, that he needs so when it's time to drop that album those sales will go up more. well if that's possible it's something called shock factor so right oftentimes right. there are some people who literally play on that right right so they yeah. they're gonna put something out there to get you talking about it. It, it, it it's similar to the whole entanglement situation with august alcina and jada pinkett august right. has an album he has an album coming out we didn't know nothing about the entanglement Mm-hmm. Until now, all of a sudden, the album's coming out. They had right. dealt with it amongst the three of them prior. Now, and we know that August Alsina has battled mental illness. Mm-hmm. We know that he suffered from that. We also mm-hmm. know how Will and Jada also reached out to them, reached out to him. And, you know, they he, they were acting as a surrogate, really trying to help him. We also know what, had ha- what has happened after he came right. out. Yeah. Of, you know, the, his situation. My, my. But now... We're talking about, we're talking mm-hmm. about him. We're talking right. about the situation. And now we're talking about the album. So yeah. I don't, I, I do believe that there's a shock factor piece that mm-hmm. comes into play in cer- certain certain circumstances like that. Okay. We've talked enough about Kanye. I don't want to talk about him no more on my podcast for at least another five episodes. Let's move on. Sunday Best. Is oh, it really Sunday's yes. best? Yes, that's the shade we need on the Say Amen <laughs> podcast. Come just, on, Carl. Yes, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't know if it's Sunday best for everybody. I mean, I'm going to say for everybody. Like, some of them are having great runs so far on Sunday best, and I'm here for it. Um, my pick that I am um, rooting for to win I am rooting for Ashleen Cole. Really? Yes. Okay. Here's why. why. Okay. Because we've had, I mean, I don't necessarily want to make it a racial thing, but I do know that the other contestants being on that platform, whether they win or lose, they will still be on a platform. They have still been elevated on the platform. Um, but I I just feel like the gospel music industry might need a, a, not even a wake-up call, but a different look, different feel, different spirit. And she might give it. I mean, but don't you think we got and, that with a Martha Menizzi and a Vicky Yohe? No. No. To me, they are still a little bit CCM, CMM. Um, they, don't, they don't give me church like this lady do. I mean, that, that's... They don't give me fake. gospel like this one do. I, I hear you. For me, I like her. Um, I... And I don't feel I, like I it's prob- force. I, I, I don't feel like it's not genuine. Mm, this is who she is. I this hear is so that. Who she is. I, I hope I don't get hate mail for this. And if I do, pull up. Listen, but 
at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, I feel like that may be who she is. It could be who she's been around, but I, I, I need, I, it's hard when you're watching a show because I understand the production side of it. And like, I guess for me, I would have to really experience her in person to understand and really see if the, what I see matches what I see, if that makes sense. Because I don't, I don't want to feel like it's cultural appropriation. You've been, I I don't see enough white, white preachers emulate black preachers and they get a black congregation and now they quiet. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and you know, I, I'm not. I think she's phenomenal. I think she is different. I think she is what the show needed because we we well, know- look beyond the show. Look at the gospel music industry. Look at church in general. Is she might be what is needed for us to bridge the gap, the yeah. race, the almost the damn near racial gap, um, and to have those conversations that we haven't had in the body of Christ. Because like, I mean, yes, Jada is amazing. Yes, Jamal Roberts, he's amazing. Um, the late, the young lady from, what is it, London? She's yes. she's good. Um, but we've had those voices before. We've had those personalities before. We've had those, you know, swags and vibes and everything we've had that before like this would be something totally different and outside of the norm of just the black gospel artist I'm well you know you for know? me i actually like mama stephanie and i oh I, yes yes and that's yes. because i'm a little old school and i like seeing the mothers that can just stand flat footed and sing yes. and she's seasoned okay but I, yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. she's seasoned and she i like i like that she's not i feel like she's not just gospel because of her training and how quite some time. Now you know, she she proved that in episode three that just came out. Because when she did Maxwell, mm-hmm. oh my I was God. like, now I mean, listen, I know what Maxwell does for me. Now, but it was it, a good groove. It still it she still churched it up. It was still anointed. She still wanted to shout after it. But yeah, like she had a good vibe. I would like to see her and Ashley go at it. Shout out to Dr. Joyce Garrett for all of the years of training at Eastern Senior High School, the pride of Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where we were a part of the world-renowned Eastern Senior High School choir that traveled the highways, byways, up and down and ponds and all over the world singing 360 degrees of music, excellence without excuses. Every time I watch Sunday's Best and I see Jamal Roberts, I always hear Dr. Garrett in my head saying, open your eyes, open your eyes. And that's what now, they kept saying. They kept saying that. But listen, he is the 90s R&B crooner. Yeah. Last the episode two and episode three. He, listen, he did tear it up. He gave me 90s R&B crooner. I'm pretty sure the old ladies of the church, they probably like, oh, I got to repent because... Yeah. Listen, and then the fact that he's saying "Forever, My Lady" by Joe. Yeah, and, and let's just—I said, really, come on, Christian panty dropper. Yeah, and and really quick, let's let's um just lift up a, a moment of prayer for him because yes. he did he did announce during the show that he lost his lost, mom during yeah. COVID, and I can only imagine still mm. having to show up as right. a father, as a husband, and 
you lose your mom in the midst of COVID. Like, yeah. what, like I, I can only imagine what he's going through. Lights, camera, like the pressure's on you. So let's just, you know, just send up a, a quick word of prayer for him. And I gave him a little grace because of that, because yeah. I could tell the first, on episode three at least, the first maybe like, the first part of his song, you could tell that it was a, a struggle just a little mm-hmm. bit to get through it until the Jesus tapped in. And that's yeah. when, like, even though it was Forever My Lady, even it was even though it was 90s R.B. Krona, the Jesus got in there and then he took it and ran with it and killed it. Oh, I was just like, yes. BT needs to bring back Celebration of Gospel. Uh, yeah. Because I loved, because what they did on Sunday's Best is what they were doing on Celebration of Gospel. They would have a mm-hmm. secular artist and a gospel mm-hmm. artist singing the song. And I was like, this is dope. Yeah. I, I, they need to bring it back. Now, what what did you, okay. What did you think of Marquise? Oof. I think Marquise was Hashtag careful. painted. <laughs> How you doing? Hashtag painted. I couldn't get beyond that. Like he called is one old sick makeup artist that listen painted him to the gods. Um, but beyond that, <laughs> let's talk about his vocals. Um, I said during episode one, I said during episode two, and I'll say again during episode three, we already have a Melvin Chris Bell the third. What else can you give us? Because that's what you're giving me. Now, I will say that I did enjoy him a little bit more episode three than I did episode two. Episode two was totally like, okay, we know you have the range. You sound almost identical to Melvin. Like, But episode three, he switched it up on me a little bit. So I was surprised about that. I, but that song choice, though, like episode Houston, I want to run to you. Yeah, uh, I, sir, they set you up. <laughs> you got lucky. You got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see if it if eventually becomes Sunday's best. Because so far, I it just well, it doesn't feel like it. Good segue. Since we are talking about Sunday best, let's talk about our girl Amber Bullock, who has announced that she is leaving gospel music. She finds her R&B groove. What you think about that? Well, it took so long. <laughs> uh, only reason why I say that, having met her, she she sung at my church before. She never gave me church. She, I felt like she was skilled enough to blend in church and she, you know, she auditioned, Mm -hmm. she won, but what did she do? I felt like her niche was always that R&B, like blues alley lounge type of, like she, I never really got Sunday more. Like she, when she came to my church, I think she sung Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Listen, anybody who's been in church, if you sing the right hymn the right way, you can wreck a church. I It don't matter whether you're secular or gospel. However, I think Amber, 
that I just don't think her heart was ever really in it. I just, that's just me looking on the outside. You know, she still wanted to kind of turn up a little bit. And listen, if you want to turn up, by all means, do you. I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. or There's no judgment here. I just, looking at it, I just didn't see that passion and that heart that a, a lot of other singers had. I just didn't I'm see I'm here it. for it, actually. And, and the reason why I say that is because I believe that she will still have that church undertone even in the gospel i mean even in the rb secular uh arena look at some of the other artists that have sung secular music but they church babies at heart hello who's a judge on sunday's best so full circle so even though she's leaving now i don't think she's going far i think she'll eventually either be back in the gospel and music industry or she would do both um, which is fine. I think if she gets the right producers and the right team, she could really do well because she has the following from the church, church world. But I think if she can learn to blend the two, similar to exactly. how Fantasia is. Fantasia is a church through baby through. all day. And, and one of the things I've always respected about Fantasia, she's always said, the Lord has given me this gift, but it's mm-hmm. not meant for the church. It's meant to bring people mm-hmm. to Christ through song. So she can be in a concert and next thing you're like, wait a minute, why are there tears in my eyes? Why are my hands lifted? Wait a minute, did she just do an altar call in the middle of this concert? Wait a minute, why am I in tongues? What just happened uh-huh. in here? And then next thing you know, exactly. we twerking on stage. 360 degrees of music. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here for all of it. Yeah, She's yeah. apostolic all yeah, day. That's yeah. her background. So I mean, I, I don't think she'll go far. Um, and it's just a season for her, um, honestly. And I get it. Um, I won't ostracize her like some saints might do. Um, some deep, spooky, spiritual mm-hmm. saints that probably trying to send her to hell because she's going to sing gospel, uh, R&B. Um, but no, I exactly. Do what you have to do to take, right, your feet, right. to take care and, of your baby. But she'll be back. Shout out to Sierra for having her baby. Listen, um, they have been busy. And Listen, and I'm here for it, but like Savannah, you got a good man, honey. I, you know, <laughs> you got a good man, Sierra. If you well, if you're mind. listening, can you please the, the, the people want to know what was that prayer? <laughs> please write it down because that could be a best selling book. Because whatever the you prayer have, that I did, the, the prayer. Uh, listen, Sierra. Listen, we both from Atlanta. Talk about the prayers of the righteous. We Ooh, both from up. Atlanta. Listen, I I, I understand. I want to I want to know this Jesus that you pray to cuz whoever he is I want to be a part of that because you prayed and he gave you the desires of your heart you were specific Listen. in that prayer not only and you are batting oh 1000 you have not lost I'm just yet saying. speaking of football which is a great segue bless their little hearts Washington the former Washington Redskins, Redskins, they are now called the Washington football team. Really? That's the best you could do. But see, what I think is, and I was talking to mom, shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today. Happy um, birthday, mom. Love you. I was, telling, I was telling her, like, I honestly think that it was almost like a silent protest for them because they really didn't want to change the name. They wanted to stay the Redskins. They really did. But because their money was in jeopardy, because FedEx was like, uh, we taking the name off 
that uh, stadium. And then the mayor of DC was like, well, you won't be coming into DC, getting a new stadium or nothing like that until you change your name. That's when your bottom line is in jeopardy, that'll spike up your ears to say, okay, we might have to like pay attention and actually listen. Snyder has been fighting this for years now, fighting this for years. And so he finally gave in and this is the best you could do. Now, mind you, there have been just consumers and fans who have already reserved like donate uh, domain names. They did mock-ups of other team names that could p- potentially be the new Washington team. I mean, there was the Red Wolves and it was still the HTTR. It just wasn't held to the Redskins, but it was still like they. a lot of them kept the R in there. Um, there was the Washington Warriors. It was so many other names. And this is the best you can do. Now, I did see some people have been saying that it's temporary, while others are saying this is the actual team name. And I'm like, really? I've already seen like the the helmet with, with this big old W slapped on it. It's still the same team colors, but I'm like, really, this is the best you could do. Why not bring in a branding and marketing firm, do a deep dive, visioning, appreciative inquiry, like round table so that you could come out of it with a new name that, yeah. So I'm Bless just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to stay on this for 30 seconds. I think the Redskins suck. Um, always at well not always um, at, but it, it, I'm have. not surprised that they're going through what they're going through be- you're biased because you're a, a Atlanta well I, I don't I don't we listen I am because that's where I was born and raised <laughs> however I'm I'm still traumatized from the Super Bowl so I I, I try to tread lightly on certain topics <laughs> concerning that because people like to remind me of the score However, oh, yes. what I can say to that is the Redskins are kind of getting what they've always, what what they rightfully deserve, considering yeah. the history of the team. They were the last team in the NFL to integrate. They were yeah, they were named after they were named the Redskins. They were told for years that this is offensive, and I understand people in DC outside of DC who like the Redskins. Listen, celebrate your team. But if a group of people are saying that this is offensive, listen to what they're saying. They've been talking about changing the name for years. And just like you said, when FedEx said, we gonna take our name off the stadium, they paid millions of dollars to put their name on the stadium. That ain't never full. They have put, right. there's so much money invested. Money talks. And so when you have billion dollar corporations say, when Nike said, we're not selling your merchandise, when Walmart, Mm -hmm. Target, and all of them said, we're Mm -hmm. pulling your merchandise out. That's what got the ball rolling. And you just come up with Washington football team. You could have been Washington football team 10 years ago. Right. Um, Did you watch A Fatal Affair on Netflix with Nia Long and Omar Epps? Um, I've seen the movie before. <laughs> Period. Yes, I Period. agree. <laughs> I agree. I watched it just to support my black people, but bruh, the oh, the writing. But within the first five minutes, everybody already knew 
with the storyline, the Can plot, we talk about how the climax had the phone upside down? Like, did listen, you see that? I'm like, Nia, listen, turn the phone around, baby. Listen. It's not her fault. That's production and the pro- the prop crew. They should have known better. They set her up. I was like, now, Nia, you and such... us being in quarantine, we ain't had nothing else to do but. And I'm sitting there looking like, now wait a minute, who who directed this? Right. She no, she's the executive producer. So she, she wasn't put, so director. she put money behind it. That's all that is. Yeah. She said, I'm gonna yeah. still get paid because I'm sure yeah. everybody's watched it. So that's fine. We're talking about it. But right. Listen, I I've seen it before. I've seen so we've seen so many like, and it's unfortunate for like black cinema and black movies. We've seen so many of these same fake pseudo thrillers within the black community for with with black actors so yes we do have the black actor part of it but can we get a different storyline please please uh, and not from tyler perry from somebody else <laughs> there has to be a young writer somewhere that's the thing about the black with with hollywood and cinema and there has to be a black writer somewhere writing an amazing script they just need an opportunity mm-hmm. oh please um but do you shout th- out to the t- do you think that the reason why they don't get opportunities is because of the crab in the barrel mentality it's like those who are successful aren't putting them on because they are far part free. of it because That's i i feel it. like if you have a platform and shout out to oprah because one thing oprah I, I can say, seems like everything she mentions or touches goes successful. So if she says, I read this book, it's a bestseller. If she right. says, I use these sheets, it's a bestseller. They could be, right. sheets could feel like cardboard, but because Oprah said it, they don't throw yeah. the million yeah. sheets. Right. And so, you know, she got Tyler Perry where he needed to be. And I'm not saying Tyler doesn't give those, but I I don't know. I'm You know, it, and it just seems like Tyler has dominated the market mm-hmm. and nobody else has come close. Mm-hmm. And so I, and feel I like think when you get to a certain place, it's your job to bring somebody else up. And give them the opportunity. Like he's writing and he brags about it. We've seen it on social media. I wrote, I directed, I produced, I did. And I, it's, I, evident, I, 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 and it's evident in your show. It's shows. very evident. It's, it's very the evident. same like, plot. Yes, we, yes, we are so thankful that you have all of these studios and the Tyler Perry studio lot and all that stuff like that. But are you, and you're giving people opportunities behind the scenes, but give somebody an opportunity to write, direct, and put out their story, their vision versus always hearing, I wrote this, I wrote that from Tyler Perry. Please and thank you. Maybe we'll get a fresh voice and a fresh idea. Um, I like the show on BET. It's Lena Waithe's show. Yeah, the twenties. Yes. So you know, I don't think it's, oh, it's so I, I fresh. Know. It's so new. It's so different. Shout out, and I and shout love out it. to Lena Waithe because one of my favorite shows actually is The Shy. Oh yeah, that was good too. Yeah, and I was like, wow, like. Mm-hmm. It's another fresh it's new voice, it's different, different. <laughs> not this Tyler Perry. We know his writing. Hashtag, um, what show is that? That the Criers, uh, half and half, <laughs> and they have the writing on that show. I mean, in terms of like the script, 
I absolutely hate it because it's uh, what's the what's the uh, Catherine and her husband Jim. What is his name? Jim. Jim. What are you doing, Jim? I'm not doing anything, Catherine. But Jim, <laughs> I need you to do what, well, Catherine? I don't need this and da da da. But Jim, this and Catherine, like all the writing is just so so bad. I cringe. I stopped watching after like season three. Because I'm like, this storyline is just going around and around. You're making it more and more bizarre. Like, how many seasons can somebody be just... in the hospital? Because <laughs> Benny laid in that coma for like two seasons. Are you I'm serious? Like, still... I'm like, Benny, come on out. Speaking of... See, uh, I don't know. I, I was about to go somewhere Ooh. else. Speaking, Speaking of, of Benny, Did you see... How you doing, Benny? Benjamin. Uh-huh. We saw, t- we saw that uh, thirst that trap Benny. on I. Yeah, we saw that thirst trap on IG. This quarantine weight looks good. It sure does. Listen, we might put you on the altar, sir, for that thirst trap. No, you ain't (laughs) got to put him on the altar for that. I'm saying amen. (laughs) Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for the amen quarter for this episode. We don't got nothing else. Next up is our Somonic selection. And we actually only have one um, one um, musical selection for this episode. We both agreed on it. We both support our sister. I am so, so, so excited to feature um, Miracle by Ty Net Daniels. It came out on July 24th on all platforms. I downloaded on my Apple Music and I encourage everyone to download it. Her testimony is so powerful. And if you follow her on social media, we'll put her information in the uh, notes of this episode. But her testimony is so powerful because with so many other people in the gospel music industry um, who are trying to come up, trying to get on, they're impatient, they're trying to rush it, they're trying to rush the product, they're trying to get their name out there, but she was patient. Um, She saw many, many people pass her by. Many, many people that she sang back up for and they moved on. But listen, it is her time and it is a perfect time for her to come out with her project. And so we are so excited. Her new single is Miracle by Tynette Daniels. Please support her. You will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the song is so fitting for her life. Mama. She is a she is a walking miracle. I, I I I'm not. That's my twin. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell the story. The music will tell the story for you. But one of the things you have to understand about Tynette is mm. she sings what she lives. There, there's there's a there's yeah. there's certain people who are gifted yeah. to sing, but certain people aren't gifted to minister. And when she opens her mouth, it's a reflection of the life that she lives. And it's nothing like lending your gifts to someone else and they profit off of it. When it's your time, it's your time. And to see her persevere time after time after time. Amen, Corner. Like David said, please, please, please yes. support this artist. Please support all independent artists. Listen. Because it's not easy to sing for y'all, for one. And two, y'all don't like to buy stuff. So in addition to downloading on Apple Music, it is on iTunes. It's only 99 cent. Let's try to get her on the Billboard charts. Come on, y'all. We can do this. It's Tynette Daniels Miracles. 
Well, next up, I am so excited. We've already talked about it within uh, the Eight Man Corner, um, but we're going to talk about it some more with our guests. I am so excited to have Dr. Reginald Cunningham coming up next. Stay tuned. So say amen, somebody. I am so excited about this guest. Uh, we have Dr. Reginald Cunningham. He is near and dear to my heart because I can truly say that I, beyond prayer, I have been on his couch and he has tremendously helped me. He was the first therapist that I actually um, utilized his services and he helped me tremendously. And it's crazy because I just literally just sat there and talked and he asked like those directive questions and I just talked and opened up and yeah, I felt good going out of it. So thank you for joining me on my podcast. Um, Amen Corner, please welcome Reginald Cunning, Dr. Reginald Cunningham. <laughs> Thanks for having me, David. So let's just get into it. Um, how are you? How are you handling, you know, work with the pandemic and, you know, the practice? So do you want the truth or you want my professional, my professional uh, 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 input right there? As we say on Say Amen, say Amen podcast, look, tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> oh. You know, overall, you know, I, I, I am okay. Uh, I am one of the people who, pro like so many others, are suffering from quarantine fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that because of the practice, uh, it's allowed me to have that distraction right. uh, from what's going on in the world. So uh, for the most part, I'm okay. You know, I do have my personal days where I don't feel like engaging. Mm. And I don't apologize for that. Sure. That's just me being a human being. So right. I, I take those days. I take those self-care days and sometimes do absolutely nothing. I love it. So, but uh, on the, on the uh, as far as the practice cons is concerned, you know, the practice itself is growing. Mm. Um, there are more and more people that look like you and me that are venturing into this realm of seeking somebody else to help them with their problems. And I'm happy about it. Very, very, very happy to see that. Yeah. Know? Within the Black community, do you think there's one group in particular that might need a little counseling therapy services more than the other? And what I mean by that is like, do Black males need it more? Do children need it more? Um, do women, or it doesn't matter? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, but I think the only answer to this is it doesn't matter the age or the gender. If there's a need, mm. they seek assistance. Now, me, because Black men have historically not benefit or had not seen the benefit of counseling, I've made it my mission to emphasize the importance of mental health well-being overall. You know, more times than not, black men see going to therapy as being weak mm -hmm. and, and 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 shameful and, and 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 you know even guilty. You know, but I think that as we as more black men go to therapy and talk about their experiences of therapy, like yourself, I think more are getting more comfortable with the idea. I'm getting calls every single day. I'm on all types of websites, particularly this one called uh, um, Black Male Therapist. 
mm. uh, as an you know to advertise, and mm -hmm. I I know we get at least two a day, wow. just from that particular site itself. So I don't think there it 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 doesn't matter. You know, there's kids who need therapy. There's senior citizens who need therapy. You know, and then there's that core of people that drive America that definitely, in my opinion, could benefit from some type of counseling. There's a saying that we have that you cannot pray away mental illness. Hmm. That's a tweetable. Amen Corner. <laughs> you will see that on Twitter and you will see that on the IG. Say it again for the people. You cannot pray away mental illness. I've never a heard Amen. Amen. <laughs> Carl. Amen. I'm not saying, just like you say, I'm I'm not saying prayer doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But just like you can't pray away cancer, you right. can pray the healing from cancer, but you yes. can't pray away the disease. I agree, that's good. Oh man. Now, I, looking back on my experience, and I don't, I don't know if Carl can um, attest to this or not, but I know from my experience, most of the time with me sitting on that couch, I was talking about other people. So I will say, I will ask you this question, agree or disagree? People in therapy are often in therapy to deal with people in their lives who won't go to therapy. Do you agree or disagree? It's <laughs> a question. Um, but let me answer it this way. I, 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 I'm gonna say I don't agree or disagree with that. Okay. That's okay. I think that because we, are individuals who are social in nature, that we thrive on relationships. A lot mm. of our issues are within uh, uh, relationships and social networks. Now, are we in therapy because they won't go to therapy? No, we're in therapy to learn how to deal with those people who won't go to therapy. Mama. That's the biggest thing. And more yeah. importantly, in therapy to determine whether or not I want to continue being in a relationship or being associated with that individual. Because, you know, our, 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 our social networks come and go. People come into our lives for a reason in the season. And as soon as, mm -hmm. as I figure out the reason I want to keep them or let them go, the better. So in therapy to deal with them? No, I'm in therapy to deal with me and how I deal with those people. Mm, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had to learn how to deal with people at the level of where they were <laughs> in their journey. So, ooh. okay, I can see that. I can see that because I know, yeah, a lot of people go to therapy. And I, I've i had this conversation with some young adults in my church and they agree with me. They say, you know, I'm in therapy talking about how to deal with my mama or how to deal with my dad or, um, you know, relationships, intimate relationships. So, okay, I see that. But, but even more importantly, I think it's, you go to therapy, yes, these people are in your life and you wanna learn how to deal with these people. But I think more importantly, it's really knowing, trying to learn, okay, I, I'm in this situation, what's the best course of action to deal with this person? Mm -hmm. You know, not to say that, you know, because they won't go to therapy, we got these issues, but it's more about, okay, they're, they're an individual in and of themselves. I need to just learn how to deal with them or not deal with them. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch gears. 
um, let's talk about the pandemic and self-care. Mm -hmm. um, what self-care skills, tips um, would you suggest for people that are managing or coping with not just the quarantine, but also the civic unrest, um, racism, um, dealing with uh, the Karens of the world and, you know, the, their white tears <laughs> at work and, you know, pandemic and politics and our uh, so-called president. What coping tips and mechanisms, because self-care is something that, you know, they talk about in therapy mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, so what do you suggest? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a number of things that we can do. I mean, just like you said, there is so much going on in our world today all those things you listed that man on, on pennsylvania avenue mm. uh, who's also driving issues of racism very strongly we're having to deal with that we're having to deal with the aftermath of police shootings uh, we're having to, all while trying to deal with this new thing called COVID 19 which is limiting my ability to be human to be safe to feel okay mm. so we we really, I, I think, and, and I talk about this a lot when I'm seeing when I early on when I was seeing patients during this uh, uh, this pandemic. We, it's here, it ain't going nowhere. Oh yeah. So the quicker we get in our heads to accept the fact that it's here, I think then we can move forward in trying to come up with different ways of dealing with it. What I mean by that is. You know, we, we, we've got to continue to eat properly and being locked in the house, we tend to just eat on our emotions. So we, mm. you know, as long as we continue to eat healthy, exercising regularly, I am not, I, I can't attest that I'm doing that, All but right, I, did, I did start walking around Redskin Stadium about three or four times. All right. <laughs> Um, you were we going good. We I saw you on Facebook. <laughs> I'm calling you out. All right. <laughs> we That's got the trainer in me. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> um, we got to get plenty of sleep. Mm. Ooh, you know, we got to take, take breaks from watching things on 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 TV, such as the news. Mm. You know, uh, I, I I unplug probably at least once a week from, mm -hmm. from social media, from the news uh, on television, just so that I can just feel a sense of peace, even though this is continues to be going on around us. You know, we gotta take breaks. We gotta, we, we gotta find something that's going to bring some type of joy in the midst of what we're going through. I went and got a, my first professional massage this past weekend. Oh my God, your first? At my first, now I've had massages before, don't get me wrong, but I've never gone to Soto. <laughs> oh, that's a different, that's a different episode. My, <laughs> my, my, how the tables have turned. Listen, uh, Saints don't want to hear about that happy ending. I've never made an appointment with a professional. Wow. Um, and I'm telling you, I walked out of there almost feeling so light and such such heaviness gone from me. Yeah. You know? um, 
I, I, I go get, I, I believe in taking care of my hands and my feet. I ain't ashamed to say that. And I'm, I'm glad that a lot of men are, are getting into taking care of their bodies, their physical yes. bodies as well. So I think a, a, a plethora of things that you can do, you can create your own joy. You can create your own happiness, even in the midst of this. And we've got to change that constant narrative of how bad stuff is. It could really even be worse. So oh, I'm yes. afraid my ability to cope through this by doing things and creating things that are going to change my mood. Dr. Cunningham, quick question, yeah. just to kind of sure. piggyback off of what David was saying. When you, you have, so that you know they say like before you go to bed, you try to minimize the amount of distractions, i.e. not a lot of like bright lights or, you know, white lights or noise and things like that. Like for me personally, like when I am laying down, I try to be as still and I try to turn stuff off. But it's so hard because when you you're literally like by the time you come down mm -hmm. from like everything going on in the day, mm -hmm. my brain is still trying to process everything that happened in that day. Mm -hmm. And then like working from home, like you tired in the middle of the day, so you want to take a nap. So mm -hmm. instead of it being a quote unquote smoke break, it's a nap break. Okay. So like what like what what would you say to kind of help people deal with? Like not like David said, not being able to sleep at night. Even if you turn the news off, even if you do all of that, things like that. Like to get yourself in a proper mental space. Well, I, I think you know this. And this word is something that is foreign, you know, has been foreign to us black folks. Meditation is a good tool to utilize right before going to bed, even after you pray. Just sit on the side of the bed or lay in the bed. Take some deep breaths and just try to bring your mind, your thinking to what's going on right now, which is nothing but you breathing. Just concentrate on the breathing to just slow your body down, slow your thought processes down. Okay. That's good. Um, so let, let me take this moment to pause and give this disclaimer to the Amen Corner. Now this presentation, this episode is intended for the purpose of not providing medical advice. This is just informational content material. Um, it is not intended to be a substitute for counseling session, diagnosis, medical treatment, or all of the above. You baby, you still need to go talk to somebody. Uh, this is just informational purposes, so all right? Now let's get back into it. Because <laughs> you know, some people are like, I, I was listening to the podcast and uh -uh, Dr. Cunningham uh -uh. said, no, 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 uh -uh. we're nope. not going to do that. This is informational purposes, all right? <laughs> so um, let's talk about baby boomers um, and the church. Because this is, even though this is the same man podcast, um, we, we told the line between secular and spiritual, religious, whatever you want to call it. And we mentioned earlier how, you know, in the church, they say, pray about it, pray about it. Don't utilize practice, just pray about it. So let's go back on that, specifically for our baby boomers and our Gen Xers. A lot of them, they definitely like don't necessarily utilize practices. I don't think, I, but you know, you, you're in it. So you see them probably more than I do. Um, so in the black church community, why do you think they don't believe um, the, ne the necessity of utilizing these ser uh, services. So let's talk about the importance between the connection of mental health and Christianity. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm amongst the baby boomers. 
you know, and that's that age between 1946 and 1964. I'm right in the middle of there. So I, I, I kind of understand <laughs> the mindset of, of, of that generation and how that, you know, the, the whole idea of what therapy is or is not is all about. You know, like you say, we were not, we were not raised to take our business to someone else. We were t raised to take our business to the altar. Mm. Pray about it, which is why, again, I said you can't pray away mental mm. illness. Oh, you um, can't pray away a lot of things. A whole lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that like you, you talk to this 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 young man. Uh, uh, he's he's what I don't know what generation he might be. He's in, he's in his twenties. But I think that the more that we expose, the more that we have uh, uh, platforms like this, the more that black men, baby boomers, who are getting benefits from therapy, talk in churches. You know, ask for uh, uh, speakers to come to the church and, and talk about what mental uh, mental health is all about. Because realistically, when when a person in my age group uh, hears anything about mental health, they automatically think, you know, that's crazy talk, mm. you know? But we've got to really accept the fact that it's all about our spiritual, mental, and our physical. Mm -hmm. For us to be, for us to, to be able to I guess to exist and thrive, all of those have to be in sync. You're right. You're all, right. all three have to be in sync, Amen. and we can't neglect yeah. either of them. First, mm -hmm. just can't be afraid to talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was really, really impressed with my pastor, the pastor of my church, who had an entire service talking about mental health. It wasn't preaching; mm -hmm. he had professionals up on stage talking about different aspects of mental health. And I think that as, as we begin to have more conversations about mental health in the black, in the black community, particularly in the black church, you know, it, it, it only creates an opportunity for the black church to begin, to begin that work, to begin to uh, have uh, counselors on staff, oh, yeah. not necessarily spiritual counselors, sometimes right. Although, and I'm not knocking that, but a lot of times we need to get at the issues of trauma. And I will probably say it's not a black person alive that has not experienced some type of trauma. All of our behaviors, the behaviors that we demonstrate, drinking, uh, uh, violence, all of, a lot of those things are rooted in trauma that we experience uh, uh, you know, along our lifeline. Shout and, out to Go, go ahead. ahead. Shout no, out to my, my church. We we did two empowerment sessions where we specifically talked about mental illness, mm -hmm. uh, mental health, mental hygiene, and they brought in clinicians. Mm -hmm. I spiritually, I mean, some of them attend church, but no, they were speaking strictly from a clinical background and it yeah, helped absolutely. so much. We also did a session where it was strictly just the men of the church. Mm -hmm. where we did a Zoom call where we talked amongst ourselves about how oh. are we feeling during, you know, the George Floyd situation. And I was like, and I shared with my past, I was like, usually I don't attend men's ministry events, mm -hmm. but I was so proud that I not only attended, but I also spoke up and shared my experience, shared my insight with the other brothers of the church. Mm -hmm. And so I was 
proud that my church was doing I don't know about anybody else's ministries but I was mm-hmm. proud and still proud that my church is doing it so hopefully other ministries are doing it too um, I hope it, so. I mean because yeah. it's necessary absolutely really absolutely I think Carl has a question mm-hmm. now Carl be having some of the good <laughs> good questions <laughs> so has there been any discussion amongst the mental health professional community about post-COVID and PTSD as a result of it? You know, we're 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 we're, we're definitely having conversations. You know, uh, in our in our uh, individual groups and in our individual networks, we're definitely having conversations about it. And <clears throat> we know that people like those first responders they're going to have some, I mean, right now they're going on adrenaline. They're going on, I gotta get this, I gotta do this. But in, in, in the, in the um, later on, it's very possible that they may experience some type of PTSD. So we're, we're trying to ready ourselves. We're trying to create different um, um, formats and different learning tools so that we are prepared for when this really starts to hit. To be honest with you, we're starting to get those individuals in the in the office now. I know for my office. So it's really, we're really trying to be able to, uh, to, to provide the, the needed services, the correct services that these individuals may present with. And, and really quick, without mm-hmm. going into a full clinical diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, can you just give maybe like a 30-second um, explanation as to what exactly PTSD is and how can one identify maybe certain triggers? Okay. Um, sexual abuse. Okay. Physical abuse. Uh, when you're talking about my generation and before me, you're talking about wartime. Um, and yeah, I can I can attest to that. Okay. And the emotions a veteran. that accompany those types of events. Even watching George Floyd on the ground with that man's knee on his that is that's a that could be a triggering event down the line for somebody. Absolutely. You know, uh, when you're talking about sexual abuse, the triggers are, you know, a person, how a person feels around a certain person, a certain gender or whatever the case may be. Uh, The fears that a a, a person after having been physically abused, someone yelling at them and the emotions that are triggered within them at that particular time. Mm. Okay, that's good. It's after, just like the acronym is, after an event, that causes a reaction in your body at any given time. Okay. So my next question is, every counseling session looks different. However, what are some type of compulsory things that could go into the first few sessions? Hmm. That varies from clinician to clinician. I can I can tell you how it works for me and how I, as a, also as a counseling educator, how I try to uh, uh, mentor counsel, new, new counselors coming uh, on board or in supervision. Um, with the advent of electronic health records, we're able to first send out a lot of information to the patient 
before they even come to their first session. Their first session. We send out a consent. We send out uh, HIPAA, HIPAA guidelines. We send out different um, um, uh, assessment tools that that's going to give the clinician ahead of time what uh, if they're experiencing anxiety, if they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Uh, depression, if they're experiencing any other types of, of uh, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, symptoms, and we're able to get this information prior to, <clears throat> excuse me, prior to that first session. So, you're in the first session, whether that be in person or telehealth. Me personally, I'm an in-person type of person. I hate telehealth because I read people, I read emotions, I read attitudes and things. Uh, for me, I may, depending on how I feel that day, when you come into my office, I may I may say something as uh, as my girlfriend as, why are you interrupting my day today? What's going oh, on? I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You know, no. And, but, you know, for those more uh, stricter types of uh, engagements, it's more about really making that person feel comfortable, you know, shaking their hand, looking them in the eye, asking them if they like something to drink, um, and, and, and making sure that they are in, in a comfortable seating uh, position. Um, and then just ask, basically asking some general questions. Why are you here today? How can I be of help to try to get them to start talking? A lot of times the first session goes into a, a second session to get the information that you need to proceed with therapy itself. And also to, to hopefully get that person more comfortable with openly sharing why they really are seeking help. So I wanna switch gears. Mm -hmm. During quarantine, I think quarantine started in March mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. most people. When I left Lord, huh? That's when I left my office. Yeah, that's when I <laughs> left mine too, March 13th. Um, so during quarantine, a lot of couples, oh baby, <laughs> a lot of couples have been in quarantine together. And so it's either they are growing apart or growing closer <laughs> and realizing their <laughs> strengths or deficiencies as a couple in a relationship. So what are some ways that um, couples can use this time as an opportunity to either draw closer or have those difficult conversations about parting ways? If they see that, you know, I'm starting, I think we've grown apart and I really don't like you, especially because we are in these close quarters together. <laughs> you know, we have had such an influx <laughs> couples therapy requests that it's I really not believable. Um, it, it's a trying time, you know, yeah. this is this is so out of the norm of uh, people's existence, uh, particularly those that are married or in relationships living together. It's it's it's, it's tough and I, I won't minimize that one bit. Um, <clears throat> I had a <laughs> I had I was in a session today where I had to end it because it became so irate, and I could tell that a lot of it was because this person over here is drinking a lot, uh, this one over here is nagging, and they're constantly together. Um, and and those are the things that are that are happening. We're finding that I think what we have to find is that 
am I comfortable with this person? Really with this person? Because now I'm faced, I'm having to deal with this person and I can't escape. I hate to yeah. see things like that happen. I've always said, I hate to see any relationship uh, uh, in for, for whatever reason, uh, other than abuse, if you will. Um, I think that this is the time to spend some time together, spend more time together, trying to get to know this person possibly all over again. But unfortunately, that doesn't always work. Sometimes they need to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, civil conversation, quiet conversation, and talk about their feelings mm. and decide what's best for this family. Why do you think effective interpersonal communication amongst couples is so damn hard? We weren't taught it. Mm, wow, yeah, you're right. We didn't yeah. have a model. We had very few examples of it. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not gonna say a majority, but there, there are a lot of people who are from dysfunctional families and these generational the behaviors just continue to go. But I, I, I do what I've seen in the past, you know. Um, Communication, and I, I say this all the time, communication is the foundation of anything when it comes to romantic relationships and even social relationships. If we can't talk and hear one another, put our defenses down, uh, when someone tells me what they're feeling and why, don't automatically have a response of negativity or defense, you know, to have that 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 dance, that 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 communication dance, is so is so foreign to most people, and that's where uh, uh, relationships, in my opinion, tend to break down the most. Not about what you did; it's about how we communicate about what you did. Now you say that the practice is booming, <laughs> and I love it. Um, I am so happy for you. Um, a lot of people, they have preferences, and we kind of talked about this before the interview started. A lot of people have preferences in uh, the therapist that they have or they use or talk to. Um, I have my preference, other people have their preferences. Yep. Um, you participated in co-authoring a book called Black Therapist Rock, and I love that name because I believe that Black Therapists Rock. Mm -hmm. um, so share your thoughts on why you believe that Black therapists rock, specifically for our community. Uh, it, it's funny that you even bring that up because I remember years ago when I was working on my master's, um, I asked one of the professors, does it matter the, the sex or the, 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 the race or the gender of, of a therapist? And she told me it should not matter one bit or at all. You know, a, a person should be able to get the help that they need from anybody that's trained and licensed in the field. Okay. Yeah. I went with that for a moment to get my degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I feel whole, and, and, and let me put a disclaimer, I am not saying 
going to uh, a therapist that's that doesn't look like you cannot benefit you. I am sure. not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that I advocate for us seeing clinicians who look like us primarily because of them better understanding some of the nuances that brought me to that office. Them understanding in, in an empathetic way, in an understanding way, and maybe even having uh, experienced some of the things that I've experienced. You can't tell me if I'm feeling race, uh, feeling some type of racism in my job, and I go to this clinician that doesn't look like me, they're going to interpret that totally different. They're going to right. probably say, well, it's something about you. It is nothing about race. You know, you, they're going to, they're not going to under or connect the multiculturalism that goes into play when it comes to really understanding uh, how we are built, if you will. And yes, I believe that if possible, if at all possible, um, we should see clinicians who look like us. Now question, just to, just, to, just to add a caveat to that, mm -hmm. in addition to race, do you think that sex plays a factor too? Because I've had male and female mm -hmm. therapists. Mm -hmm. And what I have found was that the, my female therapist, she actually was better than the male therapist. I would have thought me being a male, him being a male, he can identify certain things that I'm saying. She was able to give me a more practical approach that was that was more helpful than he did. And that that's that's very typical sometimes. I I, I I'm not going to say one is better than the other. I think a lot of times if a therapist, particularly a female seeing a male client has done her own work, she's able to provide better therapy as opposed to uh, uh, forming some opinion of you, okay. what you might be relaying in the, in the session. And the same thing works with, with that male therapist as well. I remember someone mentioning that it caused them extra stress going to a therapist who didn't look like them because mm -hmm. they were sitting there on the couch telling them about their experiences and what was going on. And then they had to pause and explain like why as a black male i have to deal with xyz why i feel like i do because their therapist was um not african-american mm -hmm. so that's why i advocate for therapists that look like us because like you say they can better experience i mean they can better relate or they've had the same experiences that we've had so we don't have to dive into and explain institutional racism or systematic right. racism because right. you know you've experienced it now, don't get me wrong. I, I I know some very good uh, uh, clinicians who don't look like us, hmm. um, far and in between. But they're they, they're out there. They're down for the cause and invited to the picnic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I can I can say being a veteran. Sometimes mm -hmm. when we have had to go to go through our PTSD screenings and mm -hmm. stuff like that, I still sit in on those sessions because mm -hmm. I do have PTSD. David knows I have my PTSD moments mm -hmm. and it's hard when 70% of us in the room are of color mm -hmm. and we're sitting here with this older Caucasian lady and she's asking all these questions and I'm like ma'am 
that ain't gonna undo me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Um, where old sister girl that we had last week? Like, bring her back, because because for me, when I'm, it's already hard enough being black. So yeah. if I want to express what it means to be black and mm-hmm. the trauma that comes with being black, mm-hmm. I need somebody that can at least identify with my skin color first. Mm-hmm. That would make me a lot more receptive. To and I think because of that particular example for yourself, that's when we need to be more vocal in those places like the VA who hires prison. any and every any and everybody. <laughs> we've got to add, we've got to be bold enough to ask for what we need and who we want. There's no shame or no harm in doing that. Well, I thank God for personal insurance outside. Mm-hmm that I can go and see somebody like you in addition. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you love? And you, because you actually go to church, I know you go to church. What do you love about, I'm sorry, this is Carl's question, but I'm asking No, it's you. fine. Ask, ask the question. It's fine. What, what do you love about the, the church? I don't want to necessarily say the black church, mm-hmm. um, but what do you love about the church? What do I love about the church? First and foremost, I love good gospel singing. Mm, amen. I, I said good gospel. Yeah. As long as it's done right. Yes. And thank God we, I'm in a church that has a very good one. Now, I, I, I really do like the fellowship. Now, what I have found more difficult for me after moving out from Baltimore some years ago and uh, getting affiliated with one of the bigger churches, it's a lot dif- more difficult to fellowship the way that I'm used to. I'm used to uh, the, the small family-oriented churches, uh, one that I still love in, in Baltimore. But I like how I feel even when I'm getting ready to go to church, which is what I miss. I can't get that feeling mm-hmm. turning on the TV, even though he's on. my pastor's on there every Sunday. Yeah. I, 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 I like... I, I like message. I like solid messages. I like teachable message. I always walk away with something, you know. Um, I, I'm like you. I, I was brought up in the Baptist church, so it's everything about it. For the for me, it gives me hope. It gives me. Uh, 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 it gives me that boost to keep going mm-hmm. when I'm feeling down. Um, it's, it's everything. That's so good. You, and I hope, I hope the millennials in the Amen Corner are listening to what the Cunningham say, because they're starting to just negate all of that. And I'm like, no, yeah. you need that fellowship. You need the connection. I mean, and it's biblical. It says in the Bible, you're supposed to go, never forsake the assembly of the saints. Come on, millennials, get it. And, and, you know, just, just the caveat to that. The, the fellowship is key. Fellowship builds foundation. Mm-hmm. So if you have the right fellowship, that also allows you, that can be a therapy session as well. Because if you got the same amount of people that believe the same thing, that understand the same thing, it makes it a little easier in the midst of a pandemic, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and, to, and I, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just want to say to the millennials, you know, sometimes you may need to shop around 
for the right fit for you. Don't just yeah, because yeah, so-and-so yeah. go there or because I grew up there does not mean you have to put your membership there. Yeah. In today's everything society, does not work for everybody. Absolutely. It's okay to shop around for for uh, a church just as you do shop around for the dress that you're going to wear to church. So devil's advocate, what frustrates you about the church? My church in Baltimore, <laughs> I had a whole lot of frustration. I loved my pastor. I loved my pastor. I just had issues with certain people in that church. Mm. You know, those people that are holier than thou and think that because they've been member there for umpteen years that they have certain types of privileges and what have you. Um, but overall, I guess what if, if, if I was to speak about today, what frustrates me about church, and maybe this is because I have yet to connect to a lot of things in the church, what frustrates me about church is access to certain things like uh, mental health or these, these, mm -hmm. these types of things. Um, I can't think of anything heartfelt about the current church that I'm at that really frustrates me. Mm, that's good. Other than it's it's a little distance, but you know, I used to drive to Baltimore from here, so I really can't complain. It's right up the road. Right. No. So let Oh, let what me, frustrates me about church is the parking. That's what frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> this church is so big. You gotta, get, you gotta get there in time to get a good spot and Love. get there enough so you're not sitting in traffic. Yeah. No, I will say there are some ineffective parking ministries and there's some good parking ministries. First yeah. Baptist Church at Glen Arden, their uh -huh. parking ministry is amazing. But really? some Ooh. other former churches. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna call my church out. I don't know who might be listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how can the Amen Corner get in contact with your practice? And what are you currently working on? Um, and all of that stuff. Okay. Uh, you can always Google. I love saying this. You can Google my name. This is going to come up. <laughs> it's going to come to the top, as a matter of fact. Listen, that's uh, a boss. <laughs> my website is rv as in Victor C counseling.com. Just that simple. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Reginald Cunningham. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram as Dr. Cunningham, I think. I don't know what my Twitter is because I know I'm not a Twitterer. Uh, my son, he, he laughs at me when I say that. I'm not a Twitterer, so I'm, I'm trying to learn. It just, it's just too doggone complicated. And what I'm working on currently is getting my practice in a position to operate without me. Mm-hmm. Boss move. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, what yeah. I should be working on is all of these other book ideas I have in my mm. my mind. I want to expand on the chapter that I have uh, that, I, that I have in the Black Therapist Rocks book, If You Could Read My Mind. I want to expand on that and make that a complete book geared Ooh. primarily towards Black men. Mm. 
because Listen. I believe that if 15 different black men said, if you could read my mind, it would be a total different story from each one of them. Listen, I know, I, interview me for that, because baby, if you can read my mind sometimes, Lord, I, you, my mind, <laughs> that's good. I would read it. I, I would hope the rest of my eight-man corner would read it too, because listen, that is, I'm intrigued already. Just by the title alone, keep that title, Dr. Cunningham. Listen, if you can read my mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again <laughs> for joining Say Amen Podcast. I am so grateful that you took time out of your telehealth pandemic schedule, your <laughs> schedule of being a boss, um, to sit down with me for this interview. And I appreciate it so, so, so much. Um, and we will put your contact information in the uh liner notes for the podcast so people can get in contact with you um and yeah any parting thoughts feelings gems and tweetables <laughs> i think the main thing that i would leave is if you love yourself do what you need to take care of yourself whether that be the physical the spirit and definitely the mental you know be brave enough be humble enough to walk to somebody and say, I need help. That's the bravest form of humility anybody could ever, ever demonstrate. That's and realize you're worth it. Yeah. And do it unapologetically too. Unapologetically. Yeah. Totally. That's I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know me, I could care less. Oh, listen. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, all I have is me. Hmm. That's yeah. all I have. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just devoted to taking care of little old me. Yeah. yeah. At this ripe age of 30. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us. Um, stay tuned for our um, altar call coming up next. Thank you very much. Amen Corner. Let us thank Dr. Cunningham again for being a guest on the podcast. So many good gems he dropped. Um, come back to this episode if you need to. Um, and I'm excited that he was able to join us. Now it is time for altar call. Now, altar call, again, is for um, that individual who has said something or did something, in this case, did not do something, um, and they need to be thrown on somebody's altar. So for this particular episode, I am asking for Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General of Kentucky, please come to the front of the virtual church to be thrown on this altar for altar call. Here's why we are putting him on the altar call for this episode, because Brianna Taylor's killers are still out there. And nobody have an issue with that? Like, seriously. And so while we are protesting, while we are giving money um, to help, you know, pay the bail of the people that are protesting, while we are getting our community together to 
talk about Black Lives Matter and all this stuff like this. This dude is out marrying some white woman. Now, interracial relationships, they are all well and good. You love who you love because love is love, okay? But you have an obligation. You have a duty. What is taking so long? And I'm in, in the... And I'm getting to a point where I'm frustrated that they're saying, oh, but we're just being very careful with the investigation. Nah, bruh, you know what happened. I mean, it's been how long since she was killed? You you mean to tell me y'all still being careful with the investigation oh, at this point? She's been killed. She was murdered. Oh, not killed. She was murdered over 100 days ago. You That's more than enough time to investigate Mm-hmm. to um, convict <laughs> to arrest these dudes and convict them yeah and only one of the police officers was fired you mean to tell me out of the three only one y'all had no. enough uh-uh. evidence to fire one and all, all that you all did and you thought that by calling that Brianna's law with no. a no-knock warrant, get rid of that, is going to help. No, arrest and convict. Right. We're not just satisfied with firing. We need convictions. We need we need charges that are actually going to stand and, and you are know, enforceable when they go before all, a grand jury. Also, we need to put him on the um, altar because he's suing the governor of Kentucky for, t- for putting <laughs> the mandate for, that people wear masks. It, it baffles me how these Republicans are so up in arms about making people wear masks. Do but you not see that somebody, COVID is still was real? murdered. And you worried not about masks. Where are your priorities? Exactly. Well, I, I'm not surprised, though, that he thinks the way he mm. does. He's He was McConnell's general counsel. We already screwed as a country because of McConnell. So I'm, I hate the fact that yeah. the citizens of Kentucky are stuck with this person. Listen, I, I have nothing against exactly. um, Democrats or Republicans, but do your job. If you're elected to do a job, do your job. Arrest the it cops just breaks my heart who that killed Rihanna her, Taylor. Her soul almost just can't rest. As much as we say rest in peace, her soul isn't at rest. Because there isn't justice. Like, you firing one of the cops, that's not justice. Right, like... And he gets his pension. He fired and still gets his pension. So he's still sitting at home, although fired from the Louisville Police Department. He's getting a chance. We still have to... Make that make sense. As a community, do what we need to do to get justice for her. We do. It's, it's, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart for her family. Um, and then, yeah, we're talking about him on the altar, but at the end of the day, she was the one that was murdered. She was the one that lost her life in her house, minded her business, laid up with her man. Okay? She was asleep. Sleep. Listen, put yourself in her shoes. Um, like you said, Carl, even if whether you're a Republican, Democrat, whoever, Green Party, Blue Party, whatever, put yourself in her shoes. She was laying in bed, minding her business, sleep. And they came in her house and murdered her in cold blood. Yeah. Right. So you. And even said it was the wrong address. Give me strength. 
we aren't we like a hundred days out from um election yeah a hundred days and that's actually a great segue and this is just for the amen corner. please and thank you go to iwillvote.com iwillvote.com once you click on iwillvote.com the questions that they ask you are really simple you can it based off of your geographical location it'll say what state you are and it says check if mm -hmm. i'm registered to vote or it says register to vote it is official you can click on it and get registered to vote and encourage someone else to vote for anybody who says my Make vote does sure not matter you know look your, how we got uh, here. elderly population that they have their absentee ballots or if you need to walk them to the polling precinct or whatever plan ahead but everybody under the sound of my voice like they say in church everybody needs to vote please we'll put the link in the line in the uh description of this uh episode so it's no excuse just click on the link and if you haven't registered register the vote if you have registered just vote please send your ballot in send your ballot in early because they already talking about issues with the post office you have to add that take that into account um when you getting your uh ballot sent in um yeah it's serious out here in these streets it really is and if you're not happy with what's going on make your voice heard amen well amen that's it for this episode i think we're going to go into our prayer requests before we go to benediction i am praying for the rise in these COVID numbers. I keep telling y'all, COVID is real in these streets. Please, social distance, wear your mask, sanitize, and stay your ass at home. <laughs> you know, I love the Lord, but sometimes you just gotta keep it real with the saints. Stay your ass at home, please. <laughs> Listen, those late night texts. These beaches. Because, I listen, understand we want sun. Let me let 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 me tell y'all something for the folks that's been quarantined at home, and I understand that you have an itch and you may want to scratch, but what COVID does that you can't get a shot or right. a pill for. Think about that. Yes. When you can't breathe and you need oxygen and you're on a ventilator and you're trying to figure out how you got a hundred thousand dollars in medical mm -hmm. bills. Is it is that five minute nut worth it? <laughs> like these, I know you want to get some sun, some sand in between your toes. Um, but yeah, these numbers are rising. I expect that a lot of these governors and mayors, they're gonna go back to phase one soon. If they not, they need to, they need to strongly consider it because yeah the curve isn't flattening no more and y'all got way too cocky way too comfortable so yeah i'm um and these are still at the end of the day these are still lives that are being affected and infected so yeah i'm praying for everyone that has been affected by covid um, whether it's um, an infection or a death because we still the death toll is still slowly creeping up um we talked a lot about mental illness and mental health with Dr. Cunningham. 
Um, I'm putting, I'm praying for Tamar Braxton um, and, you know, the reports about her uh, suicide attempt and suicide is real. Listen, that's a whole different episode. It's a whole different testimony. But listen, it is real in these streets with that. And, you know, she has a lot of complexities. Everybody has their own opinion about it. Um, but at the end of the day, she's still a person and she's still dealing with a lot. Like the disclosure of uh, her sexual assault assault on um, her TV show. Yeah. yeah. On, a, on the Yana show. Um from six to 16, imagine being sexually assaulted from six years old to 16. It is a lot to unpack with that. A lot. Yeah. And and having a family that was so rooted in the church that we just going to pray uh, that away. You can't pray no, that no, no. away. Listen, prayer, I'm, I'm an advocate for prayer all day. But I believe prayer... And a couch. Right. We've been saying it. Go so hand in saying hand. It. We said it in episode two. We've said it a couple times in this episode. A prayer, a couch, and medication. The trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I want to give um, a, a, a prayer request to the late the late Reverend C.T. Vivian mm. and the late great Congressman John Absolutely. Lewis. We have lost two Giants, pillars. Yes. And in the community and the civil rights movement. And the, the generals are checking up Listen. out of here, y'all. And we, we're marching and we're protesting saying Black Lives Matter. Let's not forget what they stood yeah. for. Let's not forget the approach that they took to making everybody's lives better, not just black and brown. And so I want to definitely, I'm praying for the Vivian family. I'm praying for Congressman John Lewis. Um, I'm praying for the city of Atlanta and Georgia's congressional fifth district because now we have to fill that seat that has been that was held by Congressman Lewis for mm -hmm. so long. And I'm praying that whoever fills that seat understands the shoes that they're filling, but to also understand that this is now the legacy going forward. This is now what people are going to expect coming out of this district. Build upon the legacy that he started. Like, don't allow Governor Kemp mm -hmm. to dictate what is, and what is happening. And who gets in that spot, too? Like, right. let's keep it blue. <laughs> let's keep it blue. Um, I want to pray for also people that are just dealing with mental illness um, in general, yeah. not just not only Tamar Braxton, yes, we want to pray for her, but uh, yes, your regular Joe Schmo, Nene, Shaquan, um, Auntie up the street. Um, there are people in every, in all of our families that are dealing with it. Um, some people want to acknowledge it and some people don't. So let's just pray for everybody. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and, and you know, this is the last thing. I, and just a caveat off of what you just said, David. I'm praying for strength mm. to be able to speak because the key to mental illness is being able to speak about that which you aren't understanding or that which you're struggling with. I'm praying that people just 
finally get that strength to talk, even if it's just to one person. Mm-hmm. That one person can make it a takes difference. A lot. That one person can save a life. That one person yeah. can be just that caveat you need. And that person can be that that foundation that you need to build upon to become yeah. better. Black men. Don't be afraid to admit something is and wrong. And it doesn't make black women. Don't be afraid to admit that something. And for is my wrong. brothers, it doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't take away from your masculinity. <laughs> Listen, bro, it makes you stronger almost to admit that stuff, to unpack it, to deal with it, to yeah. get in touch with those emotions. Like it doesn't make you less of a man. It makes you more of a man. Our queens, they they need us to be strong. And in order for us to be strong, you have to unpack that stuff. Um, so yeah, strength for everyone that's dealing with mental illness and mental health, mental hygiene, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're praying for you. Um, there are resources out there. Um, yeah, that's it. So thank you again for joining us for Say Amen Podcast. Um, I hope that some, we said something, did something um, that encouraged you, inspired you, made you laugh, made you think, made you reflect. And as we always say, may the Lord fight for you. May the Lord fend for you. May the Lord flourish you and surround you like a shield until we meet again. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Say ouch. And we are out. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>